0: You know, last week during our celebration of the Reformation, I mentioned to you the circumstances that surrounded Luther's nailing of those 95 theses on the door the night before All Saints Day. His protest of selling those indulgences, those pieces of paper that cost half a year's wages that would allow someone time off of their time in purgatory. Because only those who were recognized by the church, only those who were good enough, who were called saints of the church, were those who could go to heaven directly. The rest of us weren't good enough. We couldn't go to heaven directly. We had to stop on our way. And Luther nailed those because that was not what he saw in the Scriptures. And we're going to look at that today. We heard that opening line from the Gospel this morning in Matthew. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, but I think it's important that we understand who that audience was. Who were those crowds that surrounded Jesus on that mountainside? Who heard the words that he spoke in what we call the Beatitudes? If we would back up just simply one verse into chapter 4 of Matthew, we would find the following words. Large crowds from Galilee, the area that Jesus was living in. The Decapolis, which was known as the Ten Cities. It was a Gentile area, not Jewish, from Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. You see, this was what we might call a mishmash of a crowd. In this crowd, there were the Orthodox, those who followed the laws and the tenets of Judaism. There would have been Pharisees and Sadducees. There would have been those from Jerusalem. But also mixed with them, there would have been Romans and tax collectors, and prostitutes, and people that the other people had been brought up to say, you don't associate with those people, you don't come in contact with them, because they're worthless. Once in the Scripture, the word was used that they were dogs. Someone that you had nothing to do with. And so the picture that we see on this mountainside Is Jesus on the top? He called his disciples to him. They were next surrounding him. And then this crowd of so many that had come to follow Jesus, and he begins to teach them. And he says the following words Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I want to pause for a minute and look at that term, the poor in spirit. What does it mean in your mind when you hear those words? What have you been taught? Because what I want to tell you is that is a negative term. That is not something that we want to attain to. Poor in spirit describes those who are bankrupt spiritually, Who are losers, who are outsiders, who are morally empty, the pathetic, the zeros in life. Not what you and I would normally think of ourselves. We might look at someone else in the world, someone that we see and say, wow, how could somebody fall so low? That's who the poor in spirit are. And see, Jesus is teaching us in this that we are not to try and become that, that the Beatitudes are not some moral law that we are to follow. How can I become one of the poor in spirit? So often we hear that, maybe then I'm learning to be humble, I'm learning to be poor in spirit so that the blessing of God might fall on me. But first and foremost, all of these beatitudes follow and surround the words and the life of Jesus. They are about him because he was poor in spirit. Do you remember what Jesus said? The Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He was an outsider. He was despised and rejected as we hear in the Scripture. He was someone who was poor in spirit and Jesus calls His followers to be like Him. To associate with Him. To understand what it means to be cut off and outside. What does that word blessed mean? Well, in the original language, the word for it is And if you would look at the roots of that word and what it's really describing, it doesn't just mean a state of happiness. What it means more than that is that you are blessed because God is with you, God is on your side, He is associating Himself with you. And the words of the Beatitude are what we would call an announcement or a pronouncement on these people, on those who are outside. That the blessing of God and the person of God is coming on all of those people who all of the good people in the world would never have expected that God would be on their side. You can imagine how those in the crowd who were religious, who were Pharisees, who lived by the letter of the law, who lived by not associating with people who were poor in spirit might, have reacted when they heard these words from Jesus. Something that was totally against everything that they heard. And there would have been others probably wondering, well, what is it then that I must do? What good thing is it that I could do in life that will get me to be poor in spirit so that the blessing of God might rest on me? And what Jesus is saying to that crowd, what Jesus is saying to you and to me, is that there isn't anything that we can do. Luther had to deal with the fact that saints were so good people that they went directly to heaven. That's what the church expected. That's what the church in his day taught. And the rest of us was just on our own to fend for how many years and thousands of years in purgatory till someone could pray us out, buy us out, or the time had passed enough that we might be able now to go into the presence of our Lord and Savior. But what Jesus is saying in these words is that the favor of God is pouring out on all of those people who don't measure up, who are not saints, especially those in our eyes. Why do I say that? Because if it's about us, about what we attain, about our ability to become something then we know that it is not what we call the gospel. Then we have taken back into our hands our salvations. We have made it then what Luther fought so hard against works because we're comparing ourselves to others around us saying, well, I think I'm a little better than that person. I know that the favor of God must rest on me because I'm not like that. Do you remember that scene that Jesus painted for us in the temple of the two that went to pray? The Pharisee who said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Not like this tax collector over there. And the tax collector who said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't try to attain being poor in spirit. He knew he was poor in spirit because of his situation, that he was outside, that he was cut off, that others looked at him and despised him. And Jesus said, this one went away justified. Why? Because that's who Jesus came for. Do you remember the parable Jesus told in Luke about a banquet that was being prepared? Luke 14, it says the following. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. His idea was that those who will be in that kingdom, who will be saints in heaven, are those who have done right, those who are righteous, those who were Pharisees. And Jesus told them his parable. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they, all alike, began to make excuses. The servant came back and reported this to his master, and then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame." Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. And then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Go out and bring in the poor, the blind, the lame, and the cripple." To the audience that heard this, to those who were the Orthodox, who were the church-going people, who were the good people in their own minds, this would have been a a horrible thing. Because do you remember how they viewed someone who had an affliction? The disciples revealed that when Jesus came to that man who was born blind. Do you remember what they said to him? They said, Lord, who sinned that this man was born blind, his parents or he? He? You see, it was viewed that if something like that was wrong, somebody was cut off from society, somebody was outside, that it was the curse of God that rested on them. And Jesus gives us a picture in that parable of who God is, that God goes to those who are cut off, those who are outside, those who we might view as people who don't belong in fellowship with us. And theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But the problem we wrestle with is we want to ask, why? Why is that who receives the blessing of Jesus? Why would someone invite these people into their banquet rather than what we might call the good people? We ask why again and again, and the only answer that we have is the answer, why does a man give a banquet? Why would God invite everyone? Because this is who Jesus is, the one who came for all people, the one who came that all might have life and forgiveness. Remember the verse that follows that greatest verse that most people know, John three sixteen: "...for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish." but have eternal life. Do you remember the next verse? For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to do what? To save the world. So often, just as in Luther's day, the church can become the one who meters out the grace of Jesus Christ to people that they think Deserve it rather than realizing that there is no one who deserves it. Not you, not me. We are all undeserving. But the grace of God comes on us because of who Jesus is, not because what we have done. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, it's an announcement to us. A proclamation, as I said. It's a one-way thing. It's God giving to you and me that we are blessed because of Jesus Christ's coming. It's the waters of baptism. They are placed on us. It's grace. It's mercy. It's forgiveness. The kingdom of heaven is here for you because Jesus is here for you. So on this All Saints Day, as we remember those who have gone before us. You know, so many have been at funerals. So many have stood there at the graves of loved ones. It takes people differently when you attend a funeral. There are those who are devastated by the loss. There are those who are just kind of quiet in the background. There are those that you can visibly see are angry about being there, that there was some kind of turmoil in the family. And we know that there are words spoken about the loved one and we always hear great words. We never hear words spoken about someone that are bad because you don't speak ill of the dead, right? But the truth of the matter is all those who have gone before those For us all those that we named this morning none of them were perfect they aren't in heaven because they were so wonderful they are in heaven because jesus brought to them his blessing of grace and forgiveness and hope we don't go to heaven because we're saintly people and we don't go to hell because we're so bad and we're cut off from the world because either one of those makes it about us and what we've done And our salvation is never bound up in you and me, it is always because Jesus has come alongside of us to give us His forgiveness, His grace, and His love. So this morning as we see the next line of those words, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. The comfort that we receive comes to us just as the blessing for being the poor in spirit for being outcast. It comes because Jesus is with us. Jesus has brought to us salvation. We can be comforted because we too have the guarantee that we will join those who have gone before us in heaven. A guarantee that is not based on them or their goodness, nor us, nor anything that we've done, but is guaranteed because of who Jesus is the Savior who has come into this world to bring the blessing and favor of God to be with you and me because of who He is. It is His forgiveness, His life, His death, His resurrection. He's the one that makes us saints. He's the one that gives a banquet. He's the one that invites the sinner and the outcast, and He is the one that gives us the communion of saints with those who have gone before. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that surrounds us will surround us every moment that we live to take us to be where they are also. We can be comforted in our sorrow. Comforted because Jesus is with us. The promise He has made us. We celebrate that today in His supper of coming to us with His own body and blood to receive His forgiveness again and again and again. No matter who we are, Jesus came that we might have life. That we might be joined together. That we might be one with those before us and comfort in our loss. May we always remember how blessed we are that Jesus is with us by His grace. Amen.